Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. NACA is just relentless. This is the NACA way. An American dream. Some people have difficulty. This weekend, though, a college is partnering with one group to help make that dream a reality. Calvin Reynolds joins us this morning from Tuscaloosa with the details. Calvin, good morning. Hello, good morning to you, Janice. Stillman College here in Tuscaloosa is partnering with the NACA for some free home ownership workshops. Now, NACA stands for Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America. It's a nonprofit community advocacy group that sponsors home ownership as well as making people uh, be able to uh, live that dream of home ownership a lot easier. NACA's Best in America Mortgage Plan includes no down payment, no closing costs or fees, and other cost savers for home buyers. Together, it and Stillman will host Achieve the Dream. That's a free home buyer workshop for the Tuscaloosa community, and it's happening Saturday on the Stillman College campus. As rent prices continue to skyrocket, uh, with the proper financial education and mortgage assistance, you can purchase a home, you know, achieve the dream, and pay far less than what the current market rate is. And so we felt it was needed, particularly for the Tuscaloosa community. And once again, this is happening on Saturday at Stillman College. It's going to be two free four-hour workshops. One starts at 9 a.m. and the other is at 2 p.m. You do have to register online first, however. If you go to the WBRC News app, we've got a story up right now that also includes a link how you can register for those workshops. Live in Tuscaloosa, Kelvin Reynolds, WBRC, Fox 6 News on your side. However, we have something a little different this time, CEO. So instead of doing a video, we thought we would do something live and in full effect. We always do videos. Every month we do videos. And guess what? This is no different. It's just going to be a live presentation. And Black History Month is always important, not just in February, but in every month of the year. 365 days of the year. And we have so much as people of color to be proud of, from Dr. Martin Luther King having a dream, to Malcolm X by any means necessary, to Vernon Johns, Medgar Evers, excuse me, Rosa Parks, Phyllis Wheatley, Mary McLeod Bethune, the list goes on and on. And then moving fast forward to Arthur Ashe paving the way for Venus and Serena Williams, Muhammad Ali. So we got this, the whole spectrum from cover. But this month, this year at NACA, we wanted to know about our NACA family. As the CEO always says, it's a NACA family. And we wanted to know who during this month inspires you. So when we think about Black history, who inspires you? What Black history leader or figure inspires you? So we wanted to hear from some of our family to find that out. And with that, Yolanda Bulware, take it away. Good morning, everyone. 
So my person is Cicely Tyson. And I'm going to do spoken word. So I love my melanin. Who am I? I am powerful, resilient, strong, important, fearless, and my Black is beautiful. I was born in 1924 of the 12th month in New York City of a woman named Theodosia. From high school age, I've graced the world with beauty of my dark skin and my kinky hair. Not wanting to type my life away, I've dug down deep and took a leap of faith to start my life. My life started from hair shows to TV shows. I wear many hats, many hats I've worn. On the runway, many hats I've worn in film. As my face graced the covers of Vogue and Bazaar, my soul graced the runways of the fashion world. From the runway to Broadway, from Broadway to the screenplay, from the mother of Kunta Kinte to Sounder and Miss Jane Pittman, I have paved the way, the way I've paid for Black women, and not to settle for what is given, but for what's your worth. I have turned many away, roles degrading African-Americans I will not portray, a published memoir of just as I am, of who I am. Who am I? A vegan who has done 60 push-ups until 90 years of age at least and have been married twice, one of Miles Davis, who was the love of my life. 36 plus screenplays to share, as hands form a triangle for my sisters who's pledged Delta at NYU and an honorable degree from Morehouse, I shall rest when my Lord calls for me to rest. As I leave beneath my feet, the star on Hollywood Boulevard, I surrender my crown at age 96 to other African-American women to pave the way. I also leave this, this I leave. Blind of self-beauty means the name of Cicely, Cicely Tyson that is, and I am unique. I am talented, I am bold, and my black is beautiful. Next up, tell NACA what you have to say. Melinda Thomas, take it away. Ooh, yeah. That yeah. Good morning. Ooh, yeah. I picked my pastor, Bishop Roderick Hennings. Bishop Roderick Hennings was born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio. Later in life, he relocated to Buffalo, New York, and founded Zion Dominion Global Ministries in 1993. Under his leadership of Bishop Hennings, the church has had many great accomplishments. The church first located location was a 30,000 square foot cathedral located at 360 Genesee Street in the city of Buffalo, New York. It was built during the 19th century and slated for demolition prior to the purchase by Bishop Hennings and the Zion Dominion family. Due to his guidance, the church was able to minimize a $3 million debt and reconstruction to $500,000 in less than five years. The renovation of the historic building changed the face of that neighborhood. The Commissioner of Housing of the City of Buffalo has since targeted the Genesee Hickory area for urban renewal. This was due to the investment Zion Dominion made in the community. Furthermore, the City of Buffalo has renamed Genesee Street to Roderick L. Hennings Way. On June 12, 2005, Bishop Hennings led the Zion Dominion family from the cathedral to a suburban 14 and a half acre location at 895 North Forest Road in Amherst, New York. This was the first time in Western New York history that people of African-American descent were able to purchase property of this magnitude for the purposes of worship in a predominantly Caucasian suburb. 
A second location was launched in Rochester, New York in 2012, now called the Upper Room Experience. Currently, Zion Dominion has several locations nationally and internationally. In addition to these great works, Bishop Hennings was appointed Kojic Assistant White House Liaison in 2013. In 2015, R.L. Hennings Midwest College was launched, offering associates, bachelor's, master's, and doctorate degrees. R.L. Hennings Midwest College held its first graduation in July 2016 with over 80 graduating students from across the state of New York. Bishop Hennings is also an author of a five-star rate book, a Matter of Dominion, Changing Lives in an Unchanging World, which is also Zion Dominion's motto. Bishop Hennings has a strong commitment to the general community. He currently sits on the board of directors for the United Way. He serves as a board member for the Grace Manor Nursing Home, chairman for the Buffalo affiliate of BLCA, which is Black Leadership Commission on AIDS, and a committee member of the Western New York Leadership Summit. Roger L. Hennings, a prolific speaker, renowned teacher, a powerful preacher, an apologist, a lecturer, a coach, a leadership mentor, and last but not least, my choice for NACA's Black History Inspirational Person for 2023. Veronica Montgomery, take it away. Hi, my person is Harriet Tubman. She was an American abolitionist. She freed herself at 27 years old and she's known to her people as Black Moses. She was a conductor, she was a scout, she was a spy, and she was a guerrilla soldier. She was also a nurse. She repeatedly risked her life and her freedom to liberate others. 13 missions and freed over 70 people, yes strong strength. She is my person for Black History Month. Take it away, Melanie Coleman. My person that inspires me for Black History Month is Bridget Biddy Mason. Bridget Biddy Mason was the first Black female real estate mogul. Real estate moguls have been a part of our nation's fabric for centuries, but the landscape once looked much different. Our first Black History Month, um, Black History Month spotlight is Bridget Biddy Mason, the United States first Black history, excuse me, first Black real estate mogul. And we're going to follow her journey. It had arduous origins and she really changed the game. What might it take to reach levels you've only dreamed of? For Bridget Biddy Mason, it took levels of ingenuity and courage most of us couldn't imagine. After being born into slavery in 1818, Bridget endured unspeakable hardship in multiple states in the South before being moved to San Bernardino, California. There she met Charles H. Rowan and Elizabeth Flake Rowan, a free African-American couple who helped her escape enslavement. They also mentored her on her path to being legally declared a free woman in 1856 at the age of 38. While being enslaved, Biddy received training as a midwife and nurse. She treated some of the highest profile individuals in Los Angeles, including Pio de Jesus Pico, 
the last governor of California before it became a part of the United States. After more of her autonomy was legally recognized, she learned about real estate through her work and leveraged her medical skills to save as much money as she could. In 1872, after 10 years of hard work and saving, she was able to purchase her first plot of land in present-day uh, downtown Los Angeles, California, where she would build the first AME, African Methodist Episcopal Church, the oldest African-American church in LA, which still operates today. This deal was a boon for Biddy, fueling her ambition to focus her energy on real estate. Her portfolio blossomed to include large swaths of LA's financial district and served as the fountain from which her philanthropic efforts flowed into the community. Miss Mason used her abundant resources to open an elementary school and an orphanage, planting seeds for future generations. At the time of her passing in 1891, Biddy Mason had grown her real estate empire to a value of over $300,000, which equals about $9.8 million today. Biddy Mason showed us all how to access our network and use our talents to forge a better future. Not only did Biddy carve out a life many of her many of her era could only dream of, she gave back as she built up, illuminating her community as an example of what it means to put legs into your dreams. My person is Bridget Biddy Mason. Ellen Peterson, take it away. Dr. Yusef Benjakanan was a controversial historian, writer, scholar, professor, and advocate. To the world, he was known as Dr. Ben, but to me, he was just Uncle Al, my godfather and one of my father's closest friends. He was born Alfredo Antonio Johannes, but as he came to discover who he was, he changed his name as so many other activists did during the civil rights era. Dr. Ben grew up hearing stories of Seneca Village and of how the stores and homes and banks and hospitals, cemeteries and churches of that independent, growing, vibrant Black community were raised and burned and obliterated and buried under the grass of what became known as Central Park, New York a place not far away from where he lived. He made it his personal mission to set the world ablaze through education, not regular education, that by any means necessary education. He totally confounded the status quo and was regularly targeted and discredited for his viewpoints. My parents didn't always agree with him, nor with his philosophy, but some truths were universal and inescapable. Truths like knowing who you are and understand, understanding your unique value. For example, my tight, coily, locked hair whispers, no, sings of a fiercely proud, melanated ancestry. Imagine an entire continent of Aboriginal people who were ignored, enslaved, marginalized and had their resources reappropriated and the acknowledgement of 
any of their life-changing accomplishments were almost totally systematically eradicated from the annals of history. But the hairstyle that chose me effectively and subliminally reminds us all that they existed, they excelled, and they cannot be done away with. Dr. Ben would always find a way to give me a lecture. They lasted forever, but there was one that I remembered. He said, young lady, you have a choice to do a thing or to not do a thing. But if you make the choice to do it, then commit to the task. Whatever you set out to do, do it honorably and with your whole heart, not just because you can, but because that thread, that one important thread is called integrity. And it is the most important part of the fabric that will determine who you are today and who you will become in the future. Wow. Know your history, know your value, and strive to demonstrate integrity in all you do. Thank you, Dr. Ben. I hope that I've made you proud. And with that, Deanne Johnson, it's all yours. Take it away. <laughs> well, my inspiration is my grandmother, the one and only, only, sorry, Eliza Page, for many reasons. One reason is her strength. She raised 10 children, my mom being the oldest. My grandmother and grandfather relocated from Shreveport, Louisiana to Rhode Island, of all places, I don't know why, with all of her kids in tow, <clears throat> including my mom who had just married my dad. Madea was the queen of her household. Everyone knew and loved her. Everyone called her Madea. She fed everyone and made many friends. She took people in that needed help, but you best believe she ruled that household. So no one tried anything shady. Everyone seemed to want to be in the family. They became family. Although she made us go get our own switch <laughs> and it better not be flimsy. I can't remember ever getting that beating. Every Sunday without fail, she would cook that big Southern meal. Uh, she started my love of music. I was her little DJ way back then. One of the songs, oh, I had this ready to go. Sorry, I forgot about it. Oh, why are you not playing, really? <sighs> oh, Jesus. Um, I was her little DJ way back then. One of the songs she always requested was Shining Star by the Manhattans. She will forever be my shining star. Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uh, who is this? Barbara, don't say, take it away. I guess we know who's hers. Uh -huh. Good morning, family. As we celebrate Black History Month, we'd like to acknowledge Michelle LaVon Robinson, born January 17, 1964, in the city of Chicago, Illinois, to a father, to a father, Frazier Robinson, a plant worker, and mother, Marion Shields Robinson, a homemaker. Um, her family roots can be traced back to pre-Civil War, and all her paternal family uh, was born into to savory near Georgetown, South Carolina. Um, Michelle Robinson had a was raised in a conventional home with parents and siblings. Uh, she learned to play the piano. She attended magnet school programs. 
achieved several education placements and graduated in 1981 as the solitaire tutorian of her class. Both Robinson children attended Princeton University, graduated in 1985 bachelor's in art. She pursued her professional studies, earning her Juris Doctor degree with, from Harvard Law School in 1988. While at Harvard, she worked as an advocate for minority groups and assisting low-income tenants with housing crisis, what we do here at NACA. Um, Michelle Robinson is the third first lady with a postgraduate degree, followed by her predecessors, Hillary Clinton and Laura Bush. Her career has covered a large array of law. Um, she is part of the, she once was part of the associational law firm where she met her husband, Barack Obama. She held positions in the public sector and was an assistant to the mayor of the um, Chicago city. She organized fundraisers, public speaking. She held positions in the University of um, Chicago Hospital. She served on the board of directors for the Treehouse Food, which is one of Walmart's largest suppliers. After her husband, Barack Obama, announced his political campaign, Michelle Robinson Obama announced her retirement from the public sector to assist her husband in running for the presidency. As we celebrate Black History Month, let's acknowledge those who paved the way. The first African-American Lady of the United States, Mrs. Michelle LaVon Robinson Obama, a mother of two, an advocate for public service, a nominee of several philanthropists award, and an author. That is who I dedicate my Black History Month to in 2023. And with that being said, please take it away, Ms. Venetia Chambers. Hi, everybody. We all know many movements and uprisings were born off the back of the civil rights movement and the LGBT, LGBTQ rights liberation movement is no different. The further you are from removed from what's considered acceptable, more oftentimes the more discrimination you face. That's why I chose Marsha P. Johnson, otherwise known as Malcolm Michaels Jr. Johnson was known as the mayor of Christopher Street due to being a welcoming president in the streets of Greenwich Village. She was a prominent figure in the Stonewall Uprisings of 1969 and was lauded for establishing many programs to assist homeless and at-risk LGBTQ youth that were abandoned by their families. Johnson was known for providing food, love, clothing, emotional support, and many more things for people who had lost their families to give them a sense of family. The term houses became very well known in the LGBT community because oftentimes people were pushed out of their homes, so they created new homes with new family members. Many children in the streets who identified as LGBTQ had, were very comfortable going to her and acknowledging her as the, one of the lights and as a shining beacon of what we could be in our future. I wanna let you guys know that all Black Lives Matter, including the ones that we do not always agree with, and even though we may take different paths in life and we may not all see the same values in the same ways, remember that it costs you absolutely nothing to be kind and to love one another. So remember to always love your friends and family, even if you don't agree with them, just love them anyway. 
And with that being said, I want to give it to my training teammate, Mr. Carl Williams. Take it away. Oh, as you guys have heard, there are inspirational Black leaders out there that have taken, that have been around for years and that are actually part of Black history that we actually look forward to and actually get inspiration from. Uh, for me, I, I was born in the back uh, backwoods of Alabama. You guys call it rural Alabama. I was born in the backwoods. That's what, that's what we always call it when I was growing up. And I was raised by my father. And he is my uh, inspiration for everything that I do in life. Uh, his name was L.J. Williams. He, that's his name, L.J. Williams. He did not have Larry James. It was L.J. If you look at his birth certificate, that's what it says, L.J. I asked him once, uh, why was he just L.J.? He said, why are you Carl? <laughs> you know, so dad had a sense of humor and he never explained it to me. So that's just what his name was. And people in the community call him Mr. LJ. You know, he was very respected. He was short in stature, he was about five foot six, but he had a big personality and he had took command of situations when he had to. Uh, they integrated schools when I was going into the, uh, the eighth grade. So I'm part of that 60s, 70s, I guess even the 50s. Uh, when I was growing up and things were really bad, Dr. King was marching, Malcolm X and all those people were, were there. Uh, when they integrated school, my dad sat me down and said, okay, son, here's what I want you to know. You can go down and you can, you can demand your respect. He said, but do not mess with little white girls. He said, I do not want to see you hanging from a tree one day. And he said, so don't do it. I'm telling you, that's the one thing you're doing. He said, stick with your color. That's what he wanted me to do. Now, the, the real thing, that always impressed me about my father. He told me, him and I actually taught me to hunt. He taught me about finance. That it's amazing. He taught me how to do taxes when I was 13 years old. And I was responsible for doing his taxes from that point on. I ended up in major in accounting at Tuskegee, HBCU. Now, what he really taught me though was about respect for people and keeping your word, you know, letting your bond be your bond. So uh, your word being your bond. He uh, told me that, uh, we had nine siblings. I had eight siblings. There was nine kids. My mother died when I was five years old. Uh, my dad was left with uh, eight children that were under the age of 16. And he's told me, I asked him why he wasn't getting remarried and why he didn't ship us off to other people like most people were doing that day. He said, because he promised my mom that he would never separate his kids, that he would never put another woman over them, that he would raise his kid if something happened to her. She died. And that's exactly what he did. Like I said, from the time I was five years old until I, he actually took sick when I was 16. And at that point, he had, he had lung cancer. And I talked to him about quitting school because I wanted to stay home and take him. I was the oldest child at home at that time. And I wanted to take care of him. And he told me I couldn't because I was not going to grow up like he did with nothing. He, he went to the sixth grade and had to drop out and take care of his, help take care of his family. My mother went, but basically told me I had to finish high school and I had to do better. And he did. That's what his expectation was with me. And that's what I had to do. There was no choice. I had to do it. So respect for him, I did not quit school. So as he was slowly deteriorating, I did what I could, but I had to go to school because he said I had to. And that's like, so he commanded that respect even in his last days. You know, he finally died when I turned 17. I was 17. I had a 14-year-old sister and a 12-year-old sister. He told me before he passed, he said, I told your mama I would never separate you guys until you were under. He said, so it's up to you to make sure your sisters and brothers take care of your 12 and your 14 year old sister. He said, I know you can't do it, but I know you can take care of you. He said, so I already seen what you've done for me. This is in his last days. He said, I see what you do, you have done for me. 
So take, make sure that the oldest one take care of your, your younger siblings. And they did. You know, so everyone uh, listened to my dad and paid attention to him. People in the community know about him. He was, a, he was a leader in the community. And our community, like I said, was in the backwood and predominantly black people that lived there. Woods, Alabama. He's my, my inspiration for my life. Okay. So with that, back to you, Anjanette. Anjanette, uh, take it over. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. All of those that were simply beautiful and amazing, heartfelt. And first of all, I want to thank each and every one of you for personally sharing a piece of you. And that's what we do here at NACA. We're sharing a piece of us, what inspires us. So as all of the, the staff just finished their presentations, I leave you with this. This Black History Month is not over. Think about who and what inspires you. Make it your virtual background. Let them be behind you, pushing you through the days here at NAPA, these beautiful, long, hardworking days, but have them in your background and let them continue to inspire you. As Carl just said, his dad expected him and demanded that he do better. And as all of our Black leaders did, they, they were out there fighting the good fight so that we could do better. So we could carry that legacy and do better. And that's what we do here at NACA. We're doing good in our communities and neighborhoods so that we can see our NACA members do better. So with that, I thank you for taking part in Black History Month 2023. Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com.